Hey, I'm Carrie Jr. the second, and this is On The Line. The Delta variant is here, and mask recommendations have returned to the city of Detroit. The city announced this week that it reached a quote-unquote substantial level of transmission of COVID-19. And with that, the city and the CDC are recommending everyone, vaccinated or not, wear masks indoors again. That means this will be another point in the pandemic where folks and businesses will be making personal choices about how to stay safe. People need to get vaccinated. People need to get out here and get vaccinated, and it's a serious thing. And how they keep others safe. Because if it's just as simple as wearing a mask that can, like, cut it by more than 50%, come on, just wear the mask. It's not that big a deal. But Marble Bar, a local nightclub, made a choice like that just last month. Hello? How you doing? Before any major state universities or employers jumped on board, Marble Bar asked customers to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test. I am looking for the owner. Uh, yeah. Oh, is he? Okay. How you doing? Good. Your name one more time. I'm sorry. Rafi. Rafi. Nice to meet you, Rafi Carey. Hey. And when we met with Rafi Blake, part owner, he told me about the serious backlash they got for it. Well, they, they called us Nazis. They call, say we're the Nazi bar, calling us fascists. It got us thinking about the personal responsibilities we've had during COVID, about the privacy we want about what we're owed and what we owe each other. Let's get into it. Marble Bar is near the new center area of Detroit. It's known as a popular hotspot for techno and house music. There's normally a big crowd of people and multicolored lights illuminating the stage. It's a party zone. Yeah, we wanted to create a live music venue. You know, Detroit obviously has a strong musical history, place in music history in the world, really. When we visited, they weren't open yet for the week. It was empty and a little dark at the time, but there was Rafi talking about his passion for this space. I think that it allows people to connect to this collective consciousness that we as humans have, but aren't necessarily connected to in our everyday lives, being individuals. And it's corny and cliche, but they're dancing to the same beat. But the beat stopped back in 2020. With COVID-19's arrival, Marble Bar chose to shut down. There's some of the people who are put in harm's way the most. If we have 500 people through the door on a night, the staff sees 80-90% of those people yelling their orders over the bar at them. And so I think that they were grateful that we actually took the steps to close down. Fast forward to spring of this year, and Marble Bar finally got to come back. And things were different. The state was still calling the shots, but had lifted its ban on indoor dining. So we opened up early May. There was still uh, heavy capacity restrictions imposed by the state government. Um, we weren't allowed to have dancing. We had to buy tables and chairs and put them all across the dance floor. And instead of selling individual tickets, we sold tables. Um, and it was a whole different business model, really. Maybe June 1st, I think it was, the state lifted the capacity restrictions and we were able to let more people in through the door and we were able to take the tables off of the dance floor. And um, we were still asking people to wear masks when they were inside. And at that point, our entire staff was vaccinated. We literally had lines down the block and we were having to count capacity and make sure that we weren't going over capacity. And 
hardly anybody at this time was wearing a mask, and there was no way to really patrol that. You know, you don't know who's vaccinated, who's not. And as long as there wasn't the empirical data that showed that vaccinated people were starting to get sick, the staff felt comfortable. But quickly, that began to change. And what changed our mind was the, this Delta variant, where vaccinated people are starting to um, get sick. Fewer than 1% of fully vaccinated Americans had breakthrough cases as of late July. And that's according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. And a tiny fraction of them were hospitalized or died, per the CDC. But there are concerns over breakthrough numbers climbing because of how contagious the Delta variant is, particularly for those with compromised immune systems. We started to know some people that were in the service industry world in the city who were vaccinated, who were getting sick. And we had to make a decision. And we saw this happening elsewhere. Other you know, clubs in Chicago had done vaccine mandates to come into, their, into the club. And the staff didn't feel comfortable. And you know, we didn't feel that comfortable. And it, we thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, so to come in to the Marble Bar at this point, you need to show that you're vaccinated for COVID-19 or that you, have, that you have a negative test result from within 48 hours of when you're entering the establishment. And so you've, you've all made that decision to make it your rule. You now have to tell the world that that is your decision. So we made the post on social media. That was the first way we announced it. And literally within 30 minutes, the uh, news was here. So there's a reason Rafi and the folks at Mabel Bar spoke with us. They didn't exactly love the news coverage after they posted their rules on vaccinations and tests on social media. And that includes coverage by the Detroit Free Press. Rafi wanted the chance to give a fuller picture of what happened and our role in it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is the way it's the way the news works, right? So they come and they ask us a bunch of questions and then they edit it together to fit a quick sound blip that fits their narr- the narrative of what the piece is trying to project, you know? And we have no control over how it gets edited or what gets put it or what, quote, what gets quoted. So when we made the, our post, it was on our social media, which is predominantly looked at by our patronage. As soon as it went viral on all the different uh, news outlets, People who don't pay attention to what we're doing down here, who never come here, all of a sudden they're exposed to what we're doing. And I guess we didn't realize really that we are the first business in Michigan to do this. Or at least one of the first small businesses we knew of in the state. And I think that made us a target. And that's where all, I mean, uh, rightfully so, that's where the media was intrigued by what we were doing. But the focus remained on us. And there, there wasn't necessarily the conversation so much around the fact that this is happening elsewhere throughout the country. And just because it hasn't happened in Michigan yet um, doesn't make what we're doing that unique or, you know, revolutionary, I guess. Several hospitals had already announced that staff would be required to vaccinate. And within days of the Marble Bar's announcement, major universities did, too. Still, Marble Bar found themselves in the center of a pretty contentious issue. Well, obviously we knew some people wouldn't be happy about it. Some people are very strong about their 
right to not get vaccinated, which is fine. You also have the right to go get a test and come in here still. Um, you know, I think individual rights are an important thing. But that's why we didn't say just a vaccine. As, as a supporter and a believer that the vaccine has efficacy and has the ability to stop this virus from spreading, I would have supported that, but you have to consider other people's belief systems. Regardless of his intentions, people had words for Rafi and Marble Bar online in response to the post. I don't want to focus on the negative comments only because the majority of our actual patrons supported what we were doing. The majority of comments that came in immediately afterwards were overwhelmingly supportive. But a lot of the comments on the other side of things weren't people, weren't, weren't our customer base. Um, now, some of them were, and I feel bad that we angered some of our customer base, you know? Well, they, they called us Nazis. They call, say we're the Nazi bar, calling us fascists, you know? Which, um, you know, I take very personally. My, I was raised in a Jewish family, you know? I have family that was affected by actual Nazis, legitimate Nazis. Um, and nothing we're doing is singling pe a group of people out to have any sort of violence put against them. One commenter also suggested it's unlawful to ask for vaccine status, which isn't true. The, the policy surely comes out of a place to help to protect our staff, first and foremost, just to be totally honest, and secondly, to help not to help um, be part of a solution to limit the spread of COVID. Do you believe that the mandate that you set infringes on individuals' privacy? Do you believe that it does that? I mean, to an extent, yeah. But there's a lot more than that for Rafi. After the break, we define privacy and discuss how much of it we sacrifice on a regular basis. My name is Dave Boucher, and I'm a government and politics reporter for the Detroit Free Press. In the past year, we've brought you the impact of the 2020 general election and debunked mountains of misinformation. And we continue to delve into the policies and politics driving the fight against COVID-19. There's never been a more critical time to produce reliable information while holding the powerful accountable. But we can't do that alone. By subscribing to the Free Press, you're supporting quality local journalism that creates a stronger community for everyone. When you sign up, you'll get full digital access to all of my work, along with excellent coverage of autos, sports, and additional topics chronicled by my wonderful colleagues here at the Detroit Free Press. To learn more, head to freep.com slash specialoffer. Thank you. All right, we're back. So we, we allow more virtually of ourselves to be known. And that's Michael McDaniel a professor of constitutional law, homeland security law, and national security law at Western Michigan's Cooley Law School. We think that we're hiding behind our virtual persona or perhaps even anonymity in many cases. We spoke with him a little on the online attacks Marble Bar went through, but also these ideas surrounding privacy, our personal responsibilities, and the law. Can you talk a little about what privacy is, and, and both from a legal perspective and just kind of your engagements of what privacy is, maybe philosophically, if you could? So uh, the, the right of privacy is, is perhaps best described as the right to be left alone. It's the right to be free from intrusion from others. 
the right to make our own dis- decisions. The concept is that you are making that, that determination of how much of yourself you will expose to others, to society, to the world. And in many cases, you know, in this day and age with social influences, nothing's off limits, it seems like. Or it's very hard to figure out where those limits are, those boundaries are. And we don't want others sort of intruding with that, except to the degree that we agree to allow those intrusions. And Professor McDaniel says there are two ways we allow intrusion online. There's what we are willing to publicly share, the things that we are willing to post, uh, you know, voluntarily through different forms of, of, you know, social media. And then there are those things which we sort of haven't... uh, uh, voluntarily and taking an active step to share, but which those which we waive, you know, every time that you decline to read a 60 page equivalent uh, privacy policy uh, from some website and you just hit accept, you are waiving some right of privacy. Professor, I, I am curious now if we, I want to step a little away from government and the Internet, and I'm curious what you have to say about individuals privacy and how it interacts with businesses. Um, when people go to patron an establishment, how, how, where are the issues of privacy in that and how does that play out? Yeah, that's a great question. When you talk about uh, a business transaction, it is in its most commonplace, it is a transaction between two individuals. You wish to purchase or sell something and somebody else wishes to purchase and sell something. So when you've got two individuals those businesses sort of have the right to refuse service. They can say no mask, no service. Um, You know, they can put lots of conditions because they are also a private individual with whom they will do business. Now, there are exceptions to that, obviously. You know, ever since the Civil Rights Act of 1964, it's been very clear that if it's based upon race, religion, national origin, uh, you know, that or or gender, excuse me. Well, then there are impositions that have been placed and upheld uh, by the Supreme Court that said, if you're a business, you can refuse to serve someone, but you can't refuse to serve someone based upon one of those four broad categories uh, because of the history of discrimination uh, in those areas. Do you believe that the mandate that you said infringes on individuals' privacy? Do you believe that it does that? Yeah, to an extent. Rafi, again. But we are not, we don't, as individuals, we are not completely private beings. If you're going to come into a nightclub and you're going to stand directly next to somebody and you, your actions could affect them. So, um, I mean, of course, I mean, obviously there is a level of infringement on privacy just like when you show your driver's license, there's a level of infringement on privacy. And basically, I'd be lying if I said that there was zero infringement on privacy. But is, that, is it justified when there's a public health crisis? I believe yes. Think of it as two individuals walking up to each other on the street. You know, two individuals coming up to have a conversation. Either of them can walk away from that, that conversation at any time, right? You back off. So you come into the store, the store owner says you, you have to have a mask or be vaccinated. He can't require you to do so because you have the right to walk away. He has a right not to serve you. You have the right to walk away. So it is not an infringement on privacy because he also has that choice. Has the, the pandemic changed uh, or accelerated how we think about or talk about privacy uh, like this? 
Oh, I think it has. I think that's a great question, Carrie. I think it has. I think that um, COVID and how that became politicized, you know, the, the, the mask uh, became this message of government intervention when, uh, frankly, it may be government intervention, uh, but it is an acceptable constitutional governmental intervention. And that part is the part that's being lost. We have all kinds of laws out there for the public health and safety, which are limiting individual rights for the collective public health and safety. And requiring a mask is just one of those. Professor McDaniel says the Supreme Court settled disputes about government intervention over a century ago. Back in 1905, an individual refused in Massachusetts uh, to get the smallpox vaccine, which was going around the country at that time. So it is the exact same argument that we are seeing today. And in that case, uh, the, the U.S. Supreme Court said way back in 1905, you know, 120 years ago, you know, said, hey, uh, you have a right. There are individual rights, but sometimes the greater good, the public health and safety will win out over those. So with everything we talked about, uh, what does this mean? going forward for those institutions who may feel more comfortable having those mandates? And what does it mean for people who may not feel, who, who may oppose those mandates? The, the greatest sympathy I have for the private business owner is that because we do not have uh, political consensus on how to uh, um, fight this pandemic, because we lack that political consensus, it has devolved down to the individual and in this case, the individual business owner, to make those decisions. We're citizens of this world also, and we want to make decisions based on what we think is right. And if the Delta variant doesn't continue to grow, doesn't fill up hospitals in Michigan, doesn't cause more havoc, then we will be able to revoke this new regulation. But it's not going in that direction. And I think in every aspect of living. We all have personal responsibility. I mean, as a business though, we have personal responsibility also to our staff and to our, pa to, to our patrons. Um, I think, yeah, people have personal responsibility. If they feel sick, don't come out. Yeah, I think that there, that there should be personal responsibility on individuals to help prevent a public health crisis in whatever ways they can. Um, and if that means having to show that you either have a negative test or that you're vaccinated, that is a level of personal responsibility I think is okay for everyone to take. We've had too much debate over, you know, what individual liberties means as opposed to coming up with this, this common plan uh, to protect the safety and welfare. And as a result of lacking that common plan as a result of political consensus, we, we end up having a very sort of personalized battle in many cases, which uh, we all are viewing as opposed to having a more general uh, discussion as to what will we accept? What will a majority of uh, uh, citizens in this state uh, or in a city uh, under a home rule city, what are they willing to accept in terms of limitations on their actions to assure that that uh, that we do have this degree of safety, which will then assure that our economy is, is, is moving forward and that people are healthy 
uh, and we're, we're not doing that. So I have great sympathy for the individual business owners and others uh, who have to, have to make these decisions on their own and do this own balancing. After the news about masks this week, Rafi says Marble Bar will now also require patrons to wear a mask. But he also says the club will have masks at the door for people who need it. Um, how do you feel now reopening? Honestly, it feels it, it feels safer again to me. And I don't project my values or ideas. I don't force them on other people. If they don't, if people don't believe in vaccinations for whatever reason. The, that's fine, but as somebody who does believe that the vaccine is uh, effective, um, it makes me feel better being here. It's, uh, it's amazing that people come back and tell us how much they missed us and how much they love the place and to be able to offer that experience to people and see people come and you know be able to step away from their daily lives for a night and you know, lose, you know, it's a cliche, but lose themselves to the music. This episode was produced by me, Darcy Moran, and Tad Davis. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull. It was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, all of that. We really appreciate it. See you next week.